you know, I mean, obviously the uh, the first person that pops in my head is Mike Piazza, right? I mean, how many 62 round picks have you ever seen even touch the major leagues, let alone become Hall of Famers, right? Um, to even reach the major leagues, if you're anywhere near that round, um, obviously those rounds don't exist now, uh, is quite uh, impressive. I mean, there's one guy that's in the book, um, AJ uh, Matcher, who actually is uh, one of the highest twins, or when I say highest, I'm sorry, lowest twins uh, picks ever uh, to reach the major leagues. Uh, so to be able to, you know, capture his story and to, you know, for him to share the grind that he went through was definitely, uh, definitely nice to hear um, and nice to capture uh, for the book. That was Zach Ford who compiled the new book called up ballplayers remembering becoming major leaguers. Hello and welcome to episode 79 of the Irish Baseball Podcast. I'm your host, Rick Becker. Zach Ford will be my guest on the show today. We love talking about minor league baseball on the podcast, and this topic is one that really has been underserved. There is a moment when almost every superstar major leaguer got that notice that he was being promoted to the bigs. Ford has compiled dozens of those stories let's welcome him to the irish baseball podcast now thanks for being here zach well thank you very much rick i'm very happy to be here and um thanks for the uh, invite your book is such a clever idea i love what you decided to do here so why don't you first tell everybody the name of it how they can get it and the concept because i really love what you're doing here well, thank you very much. So the book is called Called Up, uh, Ballplayers Remember Becoming uh, Big Leaguers. So um, it's a collection of 109 first-person player stories about getting called up to the big leagues and making that major league debut. So what I've tried to do, to give you a little bit of a, a preface here, one of my favorite books growing up when I was a kid was The Glory of Their Times. And the glory of their times, I thought, was a great collection. It captured the emotions and feelings of the ballplayers. It gave them human elements beyond uh, some biographical text that you could read for the, the that first person uh, player story. I thought was amazing. And I, um, and using that as kind of an inspiration, I thought, okay, well, for baseball players, you know, what is the absolute highlight, regardless of what you do you know, for your, your career, I think the pin, pinnacle there is that, that first point that you, you find, you, you realize that dream of becoming a major league baseball player. And I think that everybody who's put on a glove, anybody that's put on a pair of cleats has had that dream. I'll, I'll be honest. I was probably a 200 hitter in, in little league, 200, you know, that's, that's not even starting in Little League. But yet at the same time, most of my Little League times, I had that dream of becoming a Major League Baseball player. And there's so few people that actually get to realize that. And to try and capture the emotions, I thought was very important. So there are stories that go beyond the box score. Um, you know, where, where they got the news, who told them, who were some of the first calls they made when they got the news they were going to the big leagues. Uh, some of the logistics challenge you get in there, um, get into the stadium, walking into that stadium after you've been eating peanut butter and jelly and a minor league uh, um, food spread for, 
you know, X number of years. So all of a sudden go in there and, and see the major league, uh, the clubhouse. And it, it, it really focuses and captures the behind the scenes parts and the emotions um, of reaching that goal. Uh, and that was the, that was really what I was get, aiming for. Um, I think we are, we've all witnessed the viral videos that come out each year of somebody getting called up and calling their mom, uh, calling a former coach. And, you know, like everybody has a good tier. Um, and it, it's um, really a high point um, amongst, you know, baseball players' careers. And I, I kind of thought, okay, well, I like the human interest side of different stories. Um, obviously, I love baseball. Um, where could I find it? kind of find my niche. And um, I, I thought, you know, for a, a while about what to do, how to um, grow this concept and um, was starting to post just, you know, interview players, post some stories on it. And I was really kind of blown away that there hadn't been a book on this. I mean, let's face it, like there are a lot of baseball books out there. Um, and <laughs> Everybody has their project. There's so many different niches out there. And I was doing some Google searches. I was like, okay, well, I like this concept. There's got to be something out there. And I kept digging around. And I was like, wow, somebody didn't put together a, a book on call-ups and debuts yet. Um, that's pretty pretty hard to believe. And I figured, well, you know what? I might as well try and try and tackle it. So that's what I did. So give us a website where people can go and pick up this book. Well, people could go to a calledupproject.com. Uh, that will have a little bit of an overview on the book. It will also have some ordering options. Uh, McFarlane is already sending direct um, orders out. I imagine that Amazon, some other sellers will start shortly. Um, but uh and I just did notice this uh, this weekend that uh, Amazon, that uh, McFarland has uh, decided to release a uh, Kindle book already, too. So that Kindle is an available option as well. If somebody wants the book 30 seconds after they hear me saying this, they're able to do it through a Kindle. So uh, there are multiple reasons out there, multiple ways out there, and there's going to be more uh, over the coming uh, the coming weeks. So when you started reaching out to players to be a part of this book, did you have a particular type of player in mind? Because there are players who the high point of their careers is getting that call, and it doesn't go much further than that. Maybe they get a game. Mm -hmm. Maybe they get a quick cup of coffee in the bigs. But that call-up might be the only time they have a really big highlight in their career and then there are players who get that call and then they stay up for a long time. So was there a particular type of player you wanted to cover more or did you just want to hear from everybody? I kind of took a shotgun approach um, where I just uh, reached out to as many people as possible. And, and my only criteria was that somebody had been called up um, initially it was, uh, you know, somebody who had uh, originally I wasn't planning on including any phantom players. I did include one phantom major leaguer who got a call up and due to a unique double play uh, at the end of an inning didn't get uh, called in. But I have I have players like that. 
who spent two days in the big leagues, didn't get into a game. I guess there's one guy on that. A few other players that only got into maybe one or two games. Um, but then I also have guys um, like Jerry Royce, who spent 22 years pitching in the big leagues. Um, so my approach, uh, I made the answer a little bit long, but my approach is basically if you if you had any kind of major league service, you were a candidate for this book. And I did realize while I was interviewing these players, I mean, I interviewed a lot of folks who were number one draft picks, but I also interviewed a lot of folks who were 20, 30, 40 rounders who got called up to the big leagues. And I found that a lot of those stories for those uh, draft picks, you know, those those 30, 40 round uh, draft picks who put in a half dozen, seven, eight, nine years in the minor leagues before getting that call, oftentimes those stories um, are stronger. They're better at capturing the emotion and the feelings uh, than those players who, you know, maybe a number one draft pick, they they make their second spring training. Obviously, it's still an incredible story, incredible highlight, uh, but it's a little bit more anticipated, right? Um, as opposed to somebody who put in a half dozen plus years in the minor leagues that uh, that isn't quite as well known, who had to really grind it out because that organization didn't invest, you know, millions of dollars in them. Do you find that ever these first round draft picks, these guys who get up really quickly, when you talk to them now and they look back on it, that maybe they didn't appreciate it as much as they should have appreciated it? Maybe they didn't have that first round success where they were up for 20 years, like you said, and maybe they got called up early and just thought, well, this is the natural progression of things and this is how my career is going to go. And they didn't take the time to say, oh, my God, this is special. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, I think that all, all the players that got called up have definitely an appreciation um, and a humbleness um and an understanding um that you know being a major league baseball player is unique it takes a lot of work it takes a lot of grinding um regardless of whether or not you're a number one pick or multiple years in the minor leagues um it's something that requires um uh, an abundance of work and i think that everybody really has understood everybody understood that it was just different work it was different ways in which they were having to engage with um, you know, obviously, if you're number one pick, you're going to have a team that probably puts in a little bit more money, probably puts a little bit more focus, maybe, you know, provides you with a different training. Um, but I'm, I'm going too long here. So, um, <laughs> but this is a um, podcast where we normally interview Irish people. So trust me, this is not a long <laughs> answer yet. I've had two questions that I've asked in a podcast before. It's fine. No, I understand what you're saying. And I kind of wanted to get back to your previous answer. When you talk about those guys who got drafted in the 20th, 30th rounds, who made it to the big leagues, that used to happen. But now we've cut down so much on the number of rounds in the draft, and we have fewer minor league teams, I mean, you're getting guys that are getting a chance to play in the complex league for a couple months. And if they don't yeah. show something right away, they're not given a chance. 
So as somebody mm-hmm. who's looking at this as just a fan, I know a lot of us who get really in depth into baseball have this passion for the minor leagues because of what it can do for an organization. And with things being cut down now, do you think we're going to miss out on some of these players that did make decent contributions to big league teams and were picked in the 30th round? I do. I do think that that's uh, something that will change. I mean, you're not going to see a, you know, I mean, obviously the, uh, the first person that pops in my head is Mike Piazza, right? I mean, how many 62-round picks have you ever seen even touch the major leagues, let alone become Hall of Famers, right? Um, To even reach the major leagues, if you're anywhere near that round, um, obviously those rounds don't exist now, uh, is quite uh, impressive. I mean, there's one guy that's in the book, um, A.J. uh, Matcher, who actually is uh, one of the highest twins or when i say highest i'm sorry lowest twins uh picks ever uh to reach the major leagues uh so to be able to you know capture his story and to you know for him to share the grind that he went through was definitely uh definitely nice to hear um and nice to capture uh for the book and when you're talking to some of these players who were picked in the later rounds a lot of them had other options Maybe they were high school kids who could have gone to college. Maybe they could have played a completely other sport. But when they chose to dedicate their time to baseball as a later round pick like that, the emotions of finally making it and being validated in your faith in yourself must be just incredible. Absolutely. A lot of these folks, um, a lot of these players went through uh, multiple organizations. Maybe they're a, a, you know, undrafted free agent. Maybe they're um, rule five picks. There is a a lot of diversity in the book um, as far as how different uh, players, uh, you know, made, had their journeys. Um, And I do, um, you know, admittedly have a little bit of an attachment to those stories of those underdogs that were so high up there who didn't have, you know, an organization put, you know, hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars behind their development who really had to go out there and bust their tail in the minor leagues and prove their worth. Um, And over the course of multiple years, uh, sometimes multiple organizations, uh, they were able to do that and achieve that goal. Obviously, we don't want to blow the purpose of the book, and we know that all of these stories are individuals, but is there anything that surprised you while going through this? Did you find that there were players who were shocked to get the call, that they weren't even expecting to be on that trajectory? I know I've heard stories of guys who were high draft picks, and they were struggling and the organization was just like, let's throw them up in the big leagues, see if they can handle it. Because if they can't, we can't keep them anymore. And it was almost like not a reward to go up to the big yeah. leagues. It was almost a sink or swim kind of thing. What are your thoughts on some of those just unique stories that you never even thought before going into this book you would hear? There were quite a few. I mean, even though it was few and f- like the majority 
of high picks are, you know, they're going to get their attention from the organization. But I mean, one of the, the, the stories that pops into my mind when you um, raise those raise those tops topics was Sean Estes with the Giants. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Sean Estes. Um, Sean Estes was actually a number one pick by the Mariners. And he struggled for many, many years in the Mariners system. And he had, I want to say, four years with the same A-ball team. I mean, that's that's pretty amazing, right? And um, during um, during that challenge, you know, obviously, and, and and it seemed like a lot of pitchers had this too, had a lot of challenges too, as far as um, you know, finding their own kind of finding where they're able to m- balance their um, what's needed on a on a, a physical level and a mental level uh, to to achieve those goals to to go out there and perform on a baseball field. You know, Sean Estes was one who had a lot of challenges in the in the in the Mariner system, uh, and went to the Mariner system. And you know, luckily, the Mariner system at the time this was in the mid '90s. Um, they were able to get them, you know, some of the you know the 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 mental, the psychological help that a lot of the pitchers need. Especially, it seemed like a lot of the pitchers have, you know, some of those challenges going up. You know, how to how to focus, how to how to eliminate certain other elements um, that you're you're dealing with out there on a baseball field to really concentrate on the pitch you need to make and the and the batter that you're facing and you know the next guy and all that type of stuff. There's uh, a huge element to that amongst pitchers that I didn't really think of before, and a lot of them did struggle with that in the minor leagues. And Sean Estes was one of them. Um, so Sean Estes. He starts to get things uh, turned around. He's still an A-ball. And at that time, he was um, with the Mariners system. And in Mariners, remember, in the mid-90s, they were having really big problems with possibly leaving. Um, And they were in a situation where they had to win now. So they did some trades. And I think it was, what, 95, right? And John Estes was one of those ones that came over from the Giants, or to the Giants, from the Mariners. Um, that particular year when they were trying to find Major League Baseball players, they got rid of some of their their minor leaguers. And then from that, it, maybe it was a change of scenery. Maybe it was just everything kind of coming together. He did indicate to me that going into that particular year, even with the Mariners system, that uh, the Mariners were providing you know, that, uh, that training and the development that he needed to try and reach that next level. But it really kind of clicked when he moved over to the Giants and really kind of skyrocketed through their system and even got a September call up when he had started the year in ABLE. He's kind of a, a rare occasion for the, um, for the, for the higher draft picks. But as, you know, hearing his story about, you know, being a number one draft pick, but still having those, you know, those those challenges of, you know, in the minor leagues of focusing of, of the the mental side of the game. Um, a lot of the folks were pretty candid with me about that mental side of the game um, really being a challenge for them when they do turn pro. Because I mean, let's face it: even if you're a low pick, you're going to go through little league, you're going to go through high school, and possibly college. And if you're not the best on your team. You're really amongst the best, right? Even if you're really, you know, even if you're a 30, 40th round guy, you're probably one of the better guys on your team in high school or college, right? 
And then all of a sudden to get drafted, get assigned to a minor league, go out there, guess what? Every single player on that field is in the same situation you were, right? I'm your host, Rick Becker, and this has been episode 79 of the Irish Baseball Podcast. One thing we're going to be trying in 2024 will be to preview some of our podcast interviews and allow dues-paying members of the Irish American Baseball Society to ask questions of our guests. I can promise you we are working on some big guests this year. Head to irishbaseball.org right now and make sure you are a dues-paying member. You will not regret it. This is the Irish Baseball Podcast.